All right, we are here today. Um, welcome back to the Voices of E-Commerce. I am with Christian Williams. So uh, Christian has a history of working in the Bay Area, uh, building tools for eBay sellers. Uh, he even started his own company doing that. Uh, he did, was developing software at a Bitcoin tipping company, uh, worked at Wakia. Um, so if you remember our podcast with Aaron Drake, he had also worked there. In fact, he knows Christian. Um, and now Christian is working at, at Airbnb as an engineering manager. So uh, welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to do this. Well, awesome. So um, I, I heard a little tidbit that you owned or I bought at one point a DeLorean in 2000 um, when you sold your company. Um, what did buying that DeLorean mean to you? First of all, it's completely untrue that I bought a DeLorean. I, I've actually bought two DeLoreans. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, when, when I was, so I was born at the tail end of 1978. So when Back to the Future came out in 1985, I was like six years old and I saw the movie and I was blown away by the car specifically. And I told my dad, they should really build a car like that. And he said, well, they did. It's a car. <laughs> and, and, and like immediately I just couldn't fathom why we didn't own that car, like why we would choose to buy a different car. And it just never made any sense to me that you, that you wouldn't just buy a DeLorean. So I, I was just, it was the first thing that I became like really deeply obsessed with. And of course the, the second I had any money at all, uh, I ran and bought the first DeLorean that I saw, which was a, a train wreck. And then I spent the next five years learning why people don't just buy DeLoreans <laughs> and drive them as, as their daily driver when they're 20 years old. Yeah. So you don't still have that DeLorean then? No, I sold that DeLorean and I promised myself that I would buy another one within 10 years. And, and I did. So I bought another one in 2015 and I still have it. All right. Nice. And that one's a, that one's a good car because... I knew specifically what to look out for. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So that's so cool. Um, I, as a uh, child of the 80s, um, um, I love the DeLorean as well and Back to the Future. Man, that was one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah. So I hear you, man. Um, so you've been doing this for quite a while then. Um, so it sounds like you started in 1999 and it's now 2020. Um, how, yeah. has, how has the sophistication of web technologies changed in that time? Oh, it's, it's, it's night and day. It's night and day. I mean, all the standards have developed and all the tooling has really developed. And there's this really great uh, open source community of different projects. So if you want to start, you know, a company or if you want to start, like, if you want to, if you want to build a website, for example, it used to be really, really hard. And now it's like everything is just sorted out for you. Like it's clear where you can go and host a site. It's clear what technologies you would use. It's clear how to get help um, with with any problem that you encounter. Um, all the IDEs, the the software developer tools, um, you know, they they help you along. They they show you when you've made errors, and that only really used to be true in compiled languages. But now for JavaScript, like at Airbnb, we use TypeScript which um, helps identify any problems with variable typing. And the tools just just help you so much uh, now. And back then, you know, some of it might be that, that uh, I'm older now, but when I was 
you know, 20 years old with my friends trying to, trying to work, it was like, you know, it seemed like it was impossible to find answers to any of these problems. And now it just seems like such a connected community of people and, and the tooling and the, the languages themselves are just so much better. So it's a great place. It's a great time to start now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you actually do any development on Notepad or Notepad++ back in the day? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd actually completely forgotten about that. I remember people used to be like really proud. They would put, there was the standard advertising unit size that was 88 pixels by 33 pixels. It was like a tiny little button. And they would have those for all sorts of things like optimized for Netscape Navigator, you know, to like tell the user what browser you should go and download to use this website, which is crazy. Yeah. Nobody would do that now. But a lot of people would proudly have a thing at the bottom of their website that said, like, this was built using Notepad. Yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it shows you actually have to know the code to do that, right? There's no IDEs to do it. So, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from scratch. Right, right. Yeah, I, I had a few years where I did that as well. So it was... Um, actually, I do make my students use Notepad++. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty mean about what starting off because like you got to at least know the basics. Now after that, when I you, when you, I started, you know, I had the the way that I got into it. I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead if we were going to talk about this, but we're talking about it now. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, when when I was in high school, I had a band and I wanted to have a website for my band so that I could just tell people when we were going to play uh, at different clubs next. And I approached one of my best friends in high school who was kind of one of the computer guys, like one of the nerds in school. And I was asking him, like, how do I make a web page? And I had shown him, I found all these tools. I remember one, there was like, uh, there was front page and Dreamweaver, I think. There was one that I thought looked pretty feature rich called Hot Dog Pro. <laughs> it was like an HTML editor. And so I was showing him like all these different software programs that you would like click the the p button and it would insert a paragraph for you and you know this WYSIWYG it hit all the code from you and so i was asking him like which one of these do you think is best and he said man just learn the markup it's pretty easy you know hmm. instead of clicking the p button you put a couple angle brackets with a p in the middle you know yeah, it's yeah. pretty simple and then yeah i just kind of learned from there so yeah i totally agree start in notepad learn learn the code it's it's not that scary it really isn't yeah um all right so now you're working at Airbnb. Um, so what are you doing there? Yeah, so I run what I consider to be the coolest team in the company. Um, we are an internal product team. The employees at, at Airbnb, it's going to sound cheesy, but trust me, it's, it's kind of not. Uh, we refer to the employees. You know, Google has the Googlers, I think. I don't know what the Amazon people are called. But we are called the AirFam. We talk about AirFam a lot. Okay. And so our team is called AirFam Products. We build products for the AirFam. And I started that team three years ago with, with another engineering manager. And the reason that I, we started it and that I was excited about it was I'd always worked at really little companies where we didn't need internal tools. You know, you just shout across the room, you know, hey, well, what's the password for this? And somebody shouts it back, you know, like, yeah, yeah. really, really low tech. And uh, working at Airbnb, when I joined, there was, I think, 3,500 people. And it was clear that we that there was room there not to just build tools for our hosts and for our guests, but to also build tools for ourselves. And I think the, the feedback loop is really tight there. You build something and somebody tells you, 
um, I don't like this, <laughs> you know, or, or I, now I can't get done what I used to be able to do because you changed this part, you know, or bringing us suggestions like it would really help me if I had a tool that did this. And then we say, great, and we can just work together on it. Right, right. So what kind of tools are you building for the for the European? Yeah, so we have we have a few main tools. The the first is what we call one Airbnb. It's our internal website. And this hooks up to lots of different services and exports data to other services. And it's essentially at its most basic, it's a people directory. You can see who everyone is. Um, you can see profile data, whatever people uh, wanted to share. Uh, we also are the source of truth inside Airbnb for what teams exist. And you would think that that would be taken care of by like HR or something, but it's really not. Uh, things change quick. You know, Jonah and Brian, who started Airbnb, they were just three friends and started like having this weird idea of like, let's have people come sleep at our house. And it, it quickly grew into this, this big thing. And they still think of themselves as like the three friends, you know, doing things real quick, like we can do anything. And so things change really quick inside Airbnb. So um, I think HR wouldn't be able to keep up with what teams exist. So we've built this tool that, um, that that's sort of self-reporting, uh, kind of going back to my days at Wikia, where, uh, where we have um, contributors to the site it's really user generated so it's kind of airfam generated um and so it makes it really easy to see what teams exist and then we like to say that when people and teams get together they produce work and so every team owns different pieces of the company and so uh details are provided there and it makes it easy if you're trying to figure out like who owns this part of you know the search page you can just go to one airbnb and easily discover who that is okay so that's one set of tools. We also have um, a site that does developer documentation. Uh, we have a Chrome extension. So every time you open a new tab, uh, you get company news. And, uh, you know, before you're, you know, take off to go do whatever you were going to do. Mm -hmm. um, those are the types of tools that, that we uh, build. All right. Nice, nice. Now, so this uh, you, this app you build for everyone uh, with the teams and uh, is that based on wiki technology? I mean, do you take some of what you've learned from there or is this a little different? It's not. Uh, the spirit of it is there. I, I pushed pretty hard internally to democratize a lot of this information. Mm -hmm. um, that there, there are some folks, and there, there are some parts of the company that really do need to be locked down and, and, uh, and can't be user generated. And the the type of data that we're um providing is really perfect for user generation like i said things change a lot in the company and you don't want to have to have that change communicated up to the top and then have them put it into some people management system and have that you know rebroadcast down to us like it just doesn't work and uh so i'm always kind of carrying that flag of of saying like how about we have anyone edit this page <laughs> and then we meet somewhere in the, we, we always end up meeting somewhere in the middle like okay why don't we define roles where there's people who are like leads of this page and then they can edit and so that's where we are now but i'm always kind of pushing it toward you know we've seen zero evidence of any kind of abuse we don't see anybody creating fake teams just because it would be funny 
Yeah, (laughs) you know, every everyone honestly wants to produce accurate content. So if if we have some restriction about who's allowed to edit, that only just prevents the ability to to surface that information. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So it doesn't use any it doesn't use any wiki software, any wiki backend, but uh, there's some of that DNA in it, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, and so well, right now we're in, um, I guess, mid-July, uh, July 13th. Um, and so obviously pandemic. I just mailed my taxes. Yeah. So oh, did you? Yeah. Actually, that's, yeah. I'm going to think that. I don't know if we have. <laughs> well, um, get on it. No, we have an accountant doing something with that. Um, at any rate, uh, so, but uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic here. And uh, how has that impacted your role, if at all? Um. Well, Airbnb has been impacted quite a bit. Yeah. So we are a global travel company and there's no travel. travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it turns out that that's not quite right. There, there's, there's certainly a huge hit on global travel. Right. right. Um, but we, we are seeing a lot of interest in people wanting to do nearby stays. Mm-hmm. So instead of, I was just talking to, to a, a friend yesterday who also works at Wikia with Aaron and me. And he was saying that he just got back from spending two weeks at an Airbnb in Oregon. Hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's classic because he's, he's European and he's the kind of guy who would like go back to Europe for some time off, but no, he's going to yeah. Oregon because he could just drive there and stay. So, so for the company, there's been that impact. And Airbnb also, unfortunately, had to lay off 25% of the AirFam. Wow. And uh, we moved quick to, we used to, when, when somebody would leave the company, we would just delete all of their, you know, like, internal profile data. Um, or we'd move it to a state where, like, it wasn't, you know, it, it wouldn't come back if the, the person rejoined. And so now we've, we've changed that. So uh, when, when one of these employees is rehired, you know, everything gotcha. will be restored and visible. So, um, so we, we kind of had to change our plans a little bit on the team to, to accommodate that work. We also worked on this external talent directory. So when we had to, to uh, lay off 25% of the RFM, we put up a page at airbnb.com slash talent. And that was kind of showing off all the people that we were unfortunately saying goodbye to, but saying, these people are, you know, amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hire them. <laughs> So there was there was a lot of attention around that. So we were able to contribute to that effort, and you know my team was impacted. I lost um, two of the five engineers um, mm-hmm. on our team, and we also pivoted to like providing a lot of uh, like surfacing resources that were being aggregated around the company. So you now have parents that were formerly in the office, and their children were at school, you know, or their children had nannies. Or, or some other after-school care mm-hmm. setup, and now suddenly the parents are at home, the kids are at home. Right. And nanny, nannies can't come over because of the, the the pandemic, and so you know how how do you provide resources to these folks to help them like kind of cope with this new situation? So we did a lot of promotion of that type of content, and we also uh, we we still might do it now that now that we're not all working in offices we. We're uh, we're likely going to spin up something that you can show off, sort of like your home office. You know, I live in San Leandro, California, um, which is maybe a 20, 30 minute drive from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in like COVID traffic, meaning no traffic. Uh, so allow people to kind of show off like where they are. And I think that if you surface data like that, it makes people feel more connected. Like, oh, I didn't know that I live real close to Jimmy. Like maybe we should, uh, you know, maybe we should meet up, you know, six feet apart and yeah, right, have coffee right. or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we've changed things a little bit. The company's guidance to us has been just stay the course and continue building the tools that you were anyway. But we're always looking for those opportunities where we can do something unique that's going to help people through this. That's a very cool. Yeah, and that's uh, interesting. I haven't really talked to too many people. Um, I mean, I guess one of my previous guests uh, is currently in the midst of uh, being laid off from IBM. And so she's having to deal with that. Um, and, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's, you know, as far as businesses go, there's quite a few that have been impacted worse than others. Um, and I guess Airbnb is in a, usually I, I would thought a lot of tech companies have done fairly well, but Airbnb is in one of those situations where um, <laughs> you deal directly with the travel industry and the travel industry has been pretty much decimated. So um, yeah, it, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, we don't think of ourselves as a tech company the way that others okay. do. Like everything with Google happens on the internet. You know, use yeah. Google search, or use Google Maps or whatever. It all happens on the Internet. Same with Facebook. It's like you're on the Internet doing stuff. Right. Amazon, you're buying things on the Internet. Airbnb only uses the Internet just to set up the initial arrangement. And then everything else happens offline. Right. You know, I go travel to another city. I meet a host. You know, I'm welcomed into their guest house. Uh, I go do a, a cooking class, you know, on, on the in the East Village or something, you know, there's mm -hmm. everything is happening offline. It's we only use the Internet just to initially connect people uh, to build up the the trust profiles and do payments. Now, have you used Airbnb much? Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was just telling somebody yesterday that uh, one of the first times we used Airbnb, my girlfriend and I were in Amsterdam and we stayed on a houseboat, you know, a floating houseboat right on one of the, the canals. And it was just such this authentic experience. And so we would get up in the morning and have breakfast and we'd sit up on the deck at this little table nice. you know, drinking coffee and, and the tour boats would go by and all the tourists were taking, <laughs> taking pictures <with> you. <laughs> of us like authentic Dutch people <laughs> having breakfast at our house though. So we, we thought that, and that was before I worked at Airbnb and I thought this is a really, really cool way to like immerse into sure. yeah, yeah. a different world. It's way better than sitting on the 10th floor of a hotel with a room that faces the air conditioner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. There's some pipes. Yeah. 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 We've, we, uh, my family and I have, have used it multiple times and really enjoy it. So yeah. I also have to say that we, we, you know, not to, not to be such a salesman, but we, during um during this pandemic the experiences team quickly pivoted to do online experiences mm. where you can use zoom to dial in to do an experience with an experienced host and my girlfriend and i did a salsa making class huh. and i think it was nine dollars per person or ten dollars something <laughs> and it was a, a woman in mexico who who previously had an in-person salsa making experience but she just gave us a shopping list ahead of time. We went out to the, the store and got everything and came back. And it was really an amazing experience. You know, we, 
she, she would say, you know, pour a little water in and you'd say, well, how much? And you'd hold up the thing and she'd say, keep going. Okay, that's stop there. That looks good. <laughs> you know, that's the right consistency. And you can't get that feedback from like a YouTube video. Yeah. You know, am I doing this right? Can you take a look at my, my pan and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. enough? Yeah. So anyway, I've made salsa probably 10 times nice. since doing the class. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I I can't wait till my tomatoes and uh, peppers come in so I can make some of my own. Uh, right, very. There you go. <laughs> if you need a lesson, I, I've got your hookup. Uh, nice. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So, what kind of technologies do you use? I think you mentioned a few, but um, what are you currently using to like develop um, the code? And well, you, you, it sounds like you're doing more of the managing. But what what about your engineers? What do they do? Yeah. So we we started kind of a unique stack inside of Airbnb. Um, Airbnb started as a Ruby on Rails monolith. So when I first joined the company four years ago, all the code for the website was just in this one big project. And the deploys were sort of crazy because each each deploy that would go out had, you know, 30 or 50 changes and everybody would have to like verify that their change worked before the train rolled. And then there'd be one error and you'd roll it back. So anyway, uh, the rest of Airbnb has moved to like a service-oriented architecture, okay. where, where now there's all these different code repos, and 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 then it all comes together. And uh, those services are mostly being done in Java hmm. or in Kotlin. And what was that last ours, one? Kotlin. Kotlin. I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a different language, but it runs on the JVM the Java virtual machine. So you can use like the same containers to run both, both code. Gotcha. Um, but our stack, um, there is uh, a guy on our team who is very brilliant and very front end and JavaScript can run on the server side using Node.js. Right. And so he brought the idea to our team of why don't we use Node.js? You know, we're both very front end focused. We can run Node on the server. You know, we can run, you know, we can do server side rendering. Uh, we can use JavaScript in the in the client. And so we said, yeah. So uh, we started our tools on JavaScript, um, React as the, the, the front end framework. We use um, Apollo, which is a GraphQL uh, client and server. And we use uh, GraphQL. Uh, as the API and MySQL as the database. Hmm. I kind of rattled through a bunch of stuff. Does any of that need clarification? <laughs> um, well, no, at this point, I think that's, that's good. We, we, you could probably spend, um, if, I think if you go too much more detail, you'll lose a lot of people. So um, I'll say this much, and I'll say yeah. it in a way that hopefully doesn't lose anybody. Look into GraphQL. GraphQL is awesome. GraphQL? Um, yeah. The, with with REST APIs, um, more traditional APIs, you have to set up on the server that a certain endpoint is going to return a certain set of data. So if I wanted to query information about you, I might set up a, a profile or a, an endpoint that says return the first and last name. Mm-hmm. And when you call that endpoint, I get your first and last name, and that's it. But now, if I also want your email address, you have to set up yet another endpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like the first name, last name, and email address endpoint, which is stupid. So GraphQL just lets the client just query whatever data it wants. It says, you know, give me Professor Drake, and I want the first name, the last name, the email address, the city, give me all that, and it, and it returns it. So GraphQL is great if you're nice. looking into 
building an API, that's what you want. Cool. Very cool. Um, so I, I know in your previous life before Airbnb, you developed um, tools for e e eBay sellers, correct? Um, yeah. Uh, how has that helped you with your current position at Airbnb? Um, I, I, I've found that through my career, I've always ended up working with really interesting communities of people. Hmm. So in the late 90s, people that had all this like junk in their house, they were certain they, they were suddenly empowered with this platform to be able to, to sell it and connect to buyers who are looking for these obscure things. And, you know, I went to a lot of eBay conventions and, you know, with, you know, face to face meeting the, the folks who are buyers and sellers. We had one guy come over to our office once. This was probably in, probably in early 2000. And I remember this guy, this guy came in and he was the wackiest guy. We brought him in for like a user study or something. And he was, uh, he was dressed like a train conductor and, you know, with like a vest and like a hat. And he was, um, the things that he sold on eBay were um, pens, pipes, and whistles. That was like his, that was like his thing. Yeah. And we were like, pens, pipes, and whistles, really? And he said, yeah. And he pulled out a whistle and blew it. And it was the loudest, sharpest whistle. And <laughs> we were sick of the guy. But it was just hilarious. You know, that's the type of, that's the type of folks that you would end up getting connected to through, you know, eBay. Yeah. So anyway, then, you know, I, I did stuff with, with Bitcoin, which is another fascinating community of people. And Airbnb is a fascinating community of people. Right. The, the idea that you would welcome someone into your home seems somewhat radical to, to others. And, and that's, you know, looking back on, on, on my life and, and the areas in which I've worked, uh, I've, I've realized that I've always ended up working with these unique um, communities of people. So eBay also has that two-sided marketplace. There's the sellers and the buyers. Airbnb has the, the hosts and the guests. Right. They each need a unique set of tools. You know, you bring people together to do something. In eBay's case, it's to do a transaction. In mm -hmm. Airbnb's case, it's to, to share an experience. And so I think that there's a lot of similarities, both in how the company is structured, to have teams that are building host tools versus guest tools. Um, you know, a, a great search is required for both. So it seems really, really familiar. It's like, you know, putting on an old baseball glove kind of. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, tons of similarities there. Very cool. Um, all right, so now it's time for a hard question. Uh, oh. <laughs> so think of it, I'd like to think about a time where you've had a hard problem that you had to deal with throughout your career um, or some sort of sticky situation. Um, Tell us a little bit about that situation. What was your thought process during it? And how did you resolve it? Or what was the outcome? We, well, I've been pretty lucky that I've worked with really great people through my career. So I've never really run into any personnel issues. Um, now as a manager, you know, I tend to think through those things more often than like technical issues. Um, but I can share a, a, a pretty difficult tech issue with yeah, you. Yeah, please. That'd be great. Um, when I was at Wikia, so Wikia was started by Jimmy Wales, who started Wikipedia. And Wikipedia, of course, is the massive database of factual information. And Wikia 
was more fan based. You know, we'd have Harry Potter wikis where people would just catalog all the data you could think of about Harry Potter. Um, and it, they were totally separate entities, but they operated on the same backend code. It's this code called MediaWiki. And so we would get together, you know, us from Wikia, we'd get together with people from the Wikimedia Foundation to talk about that software and help develop it. And the editing was always pretty tricky for wikis. When you go to edit a simple page, you just want to correct a typo on, on Wikipedia. Hey, I want to contribute to this. I'm going to fix that typo. Right. So you hit edit and you're faced with this wall of like really crazy looking code. And that's not a good experience. So we were both at Wikia and at the foundation trying to develop a, a visual editing tool that would let you just simply, you know, like Google Docs, just highlight a word, change it, easy. And they were building a technology very similar to Google Docs. Google Docs is not really HTML. You know, you're not really editing HTML, you're editing a, a series of characters that then gets rendered. Of course, it uses HTML to render it, but uh, like the cursor that blinks on Google Docs, that's just a div that just turns on and off. And when you move the arrow keys, it's not really stepping through the, 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 the letters. It's measuring the width of each letter and moving that blinking element. It's, it's pretty strange technology. And the foundation was using that as the basis of their editor. And we realized at Wikia, a lot of people had used CSS to style their wikis. So they had all these different colors, different fonts, different sizes of text. And what they were building was definitely not going to work for what we needed to use. And um, I ended up coming up with the idea of using this technology called content editable. It's a property that you can set in HTML that gives you a real cursor. And when you use the arrow keys, it really steps through. But it's terrible in that when you put your cursor in the middle of some text and press enter to make two paragraphs, each browser would take that command and do something different with it. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was using content editable and just turning off all of its decision making. When you pressed enter, we would receive the event that someone pressed enter when the cursor was here. But then we would transact with, uh, with the visual editor's uh, data model to say at this offset, somebody pressed enter. Why don't you figure out what to do and tell us what the markup would be after the fact. And so anyway, that also opened us up to, to being able to do mobile editing where you use a very different type of text yeah. selection with your finger. And anyway, we got together and showed it to the guys at the foundation and we completely changed the way that they were building. And then we were able to, to build together and get there faster. And so that's the editor that's now live on Wikipedia. Very cool. Yeah, it was tough. It was really tough at the time. It was kind of a straightforward solution, but you know, sometimes you you get too focused on wanting to build one solution. It's kind of nice sometimes for an outside influence like me to come in and mm -hmm. say, "Look, I I figured out this step," and then you know we could adjust from there. So that was that was a big thing. You know, that was a it was a pretty there there were a lot of resources given to that project and. You know, it helped out Wikipedia and it helped out Wikia. It was, it was like a good, it was a good marriage, you know, instead of the two separating and doing their own type of editor, we, we just yeah, did right one right. good one. So does that give you a little bit of, I don't know, pride when you go to Wikipedia and know that some of the uh, functionality is part of your code or thinking and that helped make that? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's there's all these little you know bits throughout the internet that you run into, and you're like, oh, I remember I designed that. Yeah, like, I, I remember when I built that. It's kind of neat. It takes you back. It's like seeing your yearbook all <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for all these different things that you did. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, all right, so uh, all right, what about your career? Sounds like you've had a very interesting career. What was kind of the hardest choices you've had to make throughout? I. I uh, I'm not very good at making choices, like career choices. So my dad um, just had like the same job forever, you know, as far as I could tell as a kid, like just dad went to work. You knew what time he was leaving. You knew what time he got home. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my frame of reference. So I tend to do that as well. So like I stayed at companies for way longer than I should have just because I was uncomfortable with the idea of like, oh, you know, like go do an interview, like convince somebody that I'm good enough for them. (laughs) Um, And and then even to, you know, I've never even had too much of a clear direction of like, that's the company that I want to be at. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I've, I've sort of drifted through life somewhat and it's always just sort of worked out. So Okay. I would encourage anyone listening to to trust in that system as well. There's really something to be said for planning out, you know, your career, you know, making smart, savvy business decisions. But, you know, look, you don't have to. You can also just sort of fumble through this whole thing and it'll be OK. <laughs> well, I mean, I imagine part of that is you also just have a great work ethic. And so once people see what you can do, they appreciate it. And you do fine. Um, whereas I think that's if, true. If yeah, if you applied that same um, strategy to the actual work itself, it may not work out quite as well. <laughs> oh no, you can't. Uh, no, I'm 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 pretty tenacious when I work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but as far as any sort of like like when I you asked me for a resume and I and I told you that I just don't have one. <laughs> and my, my, my LinkedIn still doesn't even say that I work at Airbnb. Yeah. So if anyone's trying to look me up and you found Christian Williams on LinkedIn, but it's not the Airbnb guy, don't worry, that's me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't care. I just don't really care to 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 build that up and, mm-hmm. and to, you know, be really you know, I, I work with folks who, who are like, okay, I'm gonna work here for four years and I'm gonna get this much stock, then I'm gonna switch to Google and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna invest that. I think that's really cool that they can do that, but I just don't have any interest in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, hey man, if it's it sounds like it's working for you, so you know. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, it's hard to. I, I I guess the only thing that I can say is um, just make decisions where you end up working with great people. Mm-hmm. I, I've always ended up working with great people, and if you find yourself in in one of these situations where there's some toxic environment, uh, just get out of there. Like, just just quit. You'll find something else. It'll be okay. Um, you know, there's no reason to, to put yourself in, into that position. Yeah, I've I've been in one of those before, and I agree with you. You know, it's it's better, and that's one reason why I love working where I am because I got a great group of people I work with, and I love it here. And, and you, good, it would take a lot of money to convince me to move, and even then, I don't. Know. I see. <laughs> They're listening right now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if they are not, I don't care. <laughs> it's the truth, huh? Yeah, it's the truth. And uh, I can't be scared of the truth. So, um, well, and you, well, that was good because I was going to ask you at the very end if you had any advice for uh, students today, especially, 
in this difficult job market? Um, what yeah. do they do to you know, get themselves ready or um, make themselves marketable or whatever uh, they can do? It's tough. I would say, and also I only have my point of view really. Uh, I've only lived one life. You know, I, I, I know other people's stories as well, but for me, just, I think the most important thing is just find something that you're truly interested in. Um, back when I started this, nobody was, like, I don't know if there were college classes on, on programming. Um, you know, I just sort of fell into it backwards and I just didn't have any other options in my life. So that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be this like lucrative career of like high paid tech work or Silicon <laughs> Valley thing. And now I think kids are growing up and they're seeing that that's a thing. And so they're choosing to, to go to college and enroll in these, you know, software development classes. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm seeing a lot of people come fresh out of college and come into Airbnb. Um, by the way, they're way smarter than I am. It's, it's incredible uh, the the young folks that I work with, um, and some of them are you can tell really engaged and excited about technology and about building great products and and mm -hmm. building things that are going to change the world and connect people. That's really cool. There's there's a smaller set of folks that I've that I've seen, or, or my impression has been that they know that this is a good way to get lots of cash. Um, so study this, you know, be real savvy. Come into a company for a certain number of years, you know, get that stock, get out, you know, move to somewhere else. And I don't know that, that doesn't motivate me. Mm -hmm. that, that's not how I, that's not how I feel good about myself. Um, so I think it's important for people to just know what interests them, what motivates them. You don't have to choose a career just because you think that's the only way to like succeed through life. Just choose like whatever resonates with you. And if you don't know what it is, that's okay, because life is long, and you'll fumble your way through it. Yeah, right. And, uh, and everything will be okay. So the, I think the worst to do is to put yourself in a position where, um, where where you're doing things for not the right motive. That's great advice. That, that's my advice. And use GraphQL. <laughs> <laughs> and you use TypeScript. Right, 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 right. So. Um, yeah, and I don't know, just just find find cool people that you want to connect with. Don't piss anybody off because the, the tech world is small. Hmm. You're going to end up working with these people again at another company. Um, just just be cool. Yeah, be engaged. Be excited. Uh, be willing to learn. Uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Um, just show up with a good attitude, and mm -hmm. things will be fine. Very cool. Great advice. Uh, and thank you very much, Christian. I, I think that brings us to the end. So I no. Oh no! Oh, you this went is more? so much fun. Are you loving it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. I don't know if I can think of any more questions off the top of my head. <laughs> no, it's um, fine. It's fine. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I, well, I think uh, most of the people who are still watching, they're probably at the limits of their uh, abilities to keep. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, as much fun as it is, uh, you know, I, you're you've got a great sense of humor and. Seems like you're a really easygoing guy, so it's awesome. So, but anyway, well, thanks again. Um, and but we appreciate you joining us. Right on. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. Yeah.